Hey, what's going on there, motivators? Dr. Trill with the Making Motivation Podcast again. And, uh, again, it's Saturday the 24th. I just parted ways with Rosie the Raccoon. Sold him to, or her, to an artisan, one of my fellow exhibitors at the uh, Philadelphia Flower Show. An individual who worked on the exhibit. And I learned some things. I did not know. <clears throat> Renee Tucci, who was the um, mastermind around uh, the Hartwood exhibit, again, she has competed several times down there at the, at the flower show. Very nice person. She hired me for the position, carving those, uh, making those five carvings. She's a teacher. So she and one of the other artists, they teach at um, Montgomery County Community College. So I thought that that was cool and that that this gentleman whom just purchased uh, Rosie His wife, she had been a student of Renee, of Instructor Tucci, of Professor Tucci. And she had been a very promising student, although modest. And I thought that that was pretty cool. That that's how she wound up working on, this couple wound up working. Okay, buddy. guy looked like fucking Weird Al Yankovic is crossing the street in a crosswalk there so I yielded to him he looked puzzled I wasn't going to run him over in fact I was doing my best to yield to a pedestrian so he he handed me a little bit of a, a wave so that's cool have a good day sir so uh, as I was saying really cool they bought this raccoon. They're gonna, you know, bring it to their home, and then she again. The 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 wife. It's a surprise for her. So she's obviously. They are obviously very artistic and florally uh, talented. So they can judge up the raccoon florally and do whatever they want with it. Glad I sold it to them. Piled it right in this guy's friggin' Subaru. Off he went. Made it a good payday. So, that's pretty cool. Alright, let's... Let's talk about something else. It's a topic that I've been really... Ruminating on, really... Exploring it's, it comes from a podcast, and um, it's called Rebel Wisdom. It's the podcast itself, and this episode is about creativity and flow, or 
um, flow and what do they call it um, flow and a bit of a brain fart here. What's the name of the podcast? Let me look at my history here. Embodiment. There we go. I'm sorry for the delay on that. Embodiment and flow. So what does embodiment mean? Flow, as I've mentioned before, it's like a, a merging of the mind and the body, the mind-body experience. And they're inextricably linked, of course. The mind controls the body. But the body also controls the mind because we have these senses. You know, our five senses are three S's and two T's. Sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, right? Look at this guy. He's going to fucking, what an asshole. So he runs a red light and almost smashes into another driver that's turning legally. He had to make that red light. He had to make that yellow try to beat it. He's a Peter. It's all about, embodiment is all about energy, the energies of our body. Our bodies. As I look at these cars flying down the highway, all you know, it's like bees buzzing a hive. They're trying to get in, they're trying to get out, they're trying to go from here to there and everywhere. And making wax, producing honey, going out pollinating. All these cars going here, they gotta go to Wawa, gas up. They gotta go stop by Lowe's, they gotta do this. I gotta hit fucking Planet Fitness in here. Which I should hit right now. Well, I'm not gonna. <clears throat> Instead, I'm gonna go later. Right now, I'm gonna go see my son doing his seven-on-seven uh, seven football tournament. I'll take a nice walk, I think, around Saturday High School. grounds, that is. So, embodiment, I'm saying like these cars that are racing around, they're an analogy for for our bodies, for the energy levels of our bodies and the movements that we make as we try to navigate this world and negotiate our day. Imagine now we are down on vacation. We're on the boardwalk somewhere, right? And we're sitting on a bench and we're just people watching. And you can see various conversations happening, but they're muted. And you might see hands waving and smiles and laughter and you can conclude that they are. It's an upbeat conversation. Over here, there's somebody fighting with his girlfriend. Or you see you know, two teens posturing up. You know, bank, uh, bands of teens as they you know, go down there for you know, whatever. 
hit the boards together and they walk and they're strength in numbers and they see other teens and somebody says something, usually guys, right? And they posture something up while the girls are over there maybe circled up doing their thing. Imagine the frequencies of the voices. And by look just by looking at the embodiment, their body language. Look at joggers running by. Imagine cyclists on their beach bikes riding by. The waves crashing. People laying back on the beach, not moving, barely moving at all. But they're still moving, you realize, right? Their body is still moving. Their cells are still working. Their molecules are still vibrating at different frequencies. I'll talk about regarding embodiment. You know, I can't wait. I'm preparing for vacation. I can't wait to get down on, on that frequency, on that lake life frequency when I'm out in Michigan. Um, as I described earlier, when I throw that line in the water or I, one the next day, we'll go out on a boat. We'll get pulled behind a boat at high rates of speed. We'll go swimming. You know, we'll walk through a town. There's a different vibe, there's a different embodiment we have when we're on, we're off duty, right? We're chilling out now. So there's a lot of, I, I mention this, just, not just generally, just generally because it's, in, it's interesting, I think. But also, you think about it, and I encourage you to do so, it matters how we move. Our body language our movements, our purposeful movements, um, intentional movement practices, something that's that's really big right now. That's one of the best things, uh, I heard some really smart people say that it's one of the best things you can do for yourself to have an intentional movement pattern. That is a deliberate stretching exercise regimen, something that um, allows you to floss those different ranges of motion uh, movement as a hygiene, move, a movement diet, so to speak. Think about the different type of movements you make. Think about your different moods and how they influence your movements. the different times of day and the different currents that we get swept up in and how that pace affects our body movements. When you're anxious, right, what do you feel? You feel like you got to move, like you got to run, like your body, that whole fight or flight inside you feel like you need to run you need to get out of there you need to escape right so interesting think about how you move though do you do, do you have an intentional movement regimen do you go to the gym do you walk do you stretch you have to do this sort of stuff you know in closing I just want this to be a short podcast here start getting them into getting into just the, the short podcast couple subject or a couple ideas and then I'm going to back off instead of rambles I know the rambles can sometimes be good but 
intentional movement patterns? What are we doing to kind of floss those ranges of motion? No, I know what I was going to say. So, I have patients coming in and see me every day, all day. I had a young little boy the other day. A lot of kids coming in this summer. It's nice to see them, help them with their sports, any injuries that they experience, God forbid. It's a young man who slept wrong, and he woke up with his neck, a little torticollis, so a kink in his neck. And, you know, it was pretty bad. Like, he could not turn. He was not in exquisite pain, but enough that he could not turn. His, his head was stuck in, like, a little bit of a turn to the left. He couldn't turn all the way to the right. And so I had to, like, help him fix this. And I did. And, uh, other people come in with various degrees of arthritis and pain. Um, it, it hampers the way you move. Pain will shut you down, right? There's something called sensory motor amnesia. Sensory, that's like our senses. Motor is our movements. Amnesia is when you forget. So people forget when they get injured. They will forget how to move properly. And it's, it's tragic, man. It happens to us all. You fall down as a little boy or girl, you skin your knee. Oh, you can't walk, you, and then you can limp around a little bit, and you're struggling. You won't look at it. Then you hold it, and you go home, your mom or dad, they patch you up, they hit you with a little bit of... Uh, you know, make it clean, and dry it out, and they put a little... antibacterial on there, some neosporin or whatever. And then it becomes your bum knee or your scabbed knee or look at the injury that I had. And it's a trauma. It might comparatively be a micro trauma, but now think of, you know, 20 years of driving a truck or being a construction worker or being a teacher or being a chiropractor. You know, you develop these little chinks in your armor and then you just deal with it. You have to go on. I'll give you a for instance with myself. I slept wrong like more than a week ago. It's almost two weeks now. I was compensating for bogey. So I do love my guy. I got my t-shirt on right now. Father's Day t-shirt says bogey's dad or bogey's best friend. Pardon me. And so I was kind of twisted up. I woke up in the morning and I was like, oh, I could not freaking walk right. My low back hurt and then I would stretch that out and get some treatment and then ice, heat and all that. And then the next day I would feel good and then my mid back would hurt and then my low back and my mid back. And I felt like I was twisted up and, and inflamed and I did everything that I possibly could. You know, as I always do, I drove through it. I sucked it up. That's just what we do. You know, I stretched out. I tried to be safe, tried to, you know, adjust my ergonomics uh, as I was adjusting people, but I'm adjusting 20, 30 people a day. You know, it, I was in a, I was hurting a little bit. So, um,
boy. Well, so here I am at the high school. So the I had to adopt these intentional movement patterns and more self-care. In fact, I took off uh, the park platoon today because I was fucking hurting so bad. I, I mean, I feel good today. Actually, I felt good all day yesterday, and now I feel great. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep stretching. I'm gonna keep uh, moving and grooving and stretching and um, assuming positions of rest and trying whatever I can to uh, to stay move in motion, to retain the movement patterns that I prefer, and be able to maintain the status quo. Right? Just things that I do that I have to keep doing. Hold that thought. Okay. Looks like the missus tournament is over. It's hot as fucking balls out here at 91 degrees. And uh, I see players limping off the field here. This guy looks like he might have hurt his hamstring. Kids piling into cars. Moms with wide brim hats trying to protect their delicate skin. And I'm heading home. And I'll stop at a little RJ Farmer's Market on the way. So, the whole deal about intentional movement patterns, the whole deal about um, maintaining these flow states. Embodying things. Embodiment. What are we trying to... How do we encapsulate it? you got to move. I always say motion is lotion, and it truly is. You know, I know most of what there is about human anatomy and physiology. The way that things are structured, and therefore the way that they functions, function. And human bodies are meant to move. It's how we express ourselves. It's how we get from point A to point B. It's called locomotion. It's how we perform work. We have this musculoskeletal system, which basically is hundreds of muscles that attach to bones via tendons. And they pull for mechanical advantage. It's how your fingers grasp the steering wheel. It's how your head turns as you peer to the left and right. It's how your eyes maintain their tracking and look every which way. It's how your teeth are able to dig into this apple. Granny Smith, pretty damn good. It's how my tongue is able to position this apple underneath my chompers. It's how our food is digested in the intestines. It's how our heart beats. That's our embodiment on a, on a smaller scale. 
at a tissue level, I guess you could say. But on a macroscopic level, think about how do you go through the world? What do you embody? How do you carry yourself? What is your body language like? How do you communicate without saying a word? When you're speaking, what are your hands doing? Yeah, I've mentioned this before, and I spoke to two or three different counselors today, uh, you know, psychological professionals, who asserted that basically just she teaches people to stand, her clients, her patients, to stand differently, to stand with a wide base stance. It gives them, it, it actually, by just by positioning yourself, just by standing up straight, and opening your body language and your head carriage and eye contact, you are communicating, you are moving, you are, you're moving your body through the world. Think about how you walk, think about that, your gait pattern, what is your stride like, what is your smile like, how do you present yourself, how do you use these muscles, this musculoskeletal system to, to move through the world. It's incredible. It's so far reaching. You know, what do you embody? I'll leave it at that.